You know, I told, you know, I was discussing with an older Palestinian man the other day, and we were talking about the situation in, in Gaza, and he said, Like, where is democracy? I said, I said, I said, Uncle, this democracy is just a story for children. It's like a bedtime story, you know. Uh, and he said, and he just shook his head. He said, Nam, how the whole. It's a fairy tale, man. It's a fairy tale. You're listening to the Middle Ground Podcast. Your host, Imam Mark Manley, here for episode 12. I'll be joined again by my brother, Dawood Aleman. And in this episode, we decided to circle back around again to the topic of politics, Muslims in America, and what is our future here. We wanted to ask some further questions that make us look at politics from a different angle in which we even consider, does it play a prominent role in our future as Muslims in America, or does it play perhaps a more minor role? Just a reminder, you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, as well as on Spotify. And of course, you can listen to us on Substack, as well as get more information in our show notes there. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. As always, leave us some comments. Enjoy. It starts to add up, right? It does. I remember years ago when I was in Philadelphia. I just can't find because I just came back from there. But uh, years ago in Philly, I was brought into uh, <clears throat> there was a small masjid there, and they were you know doing the typical hostage fundraiser mm. you know thing, you know, <laughs> close the doors and pass around the collection plate until you know somebody coughs it up and then and <laughs> guilty right and so. I said, uh, you know, there's probably like maybe a different way to, to, to do this. I said, imagine most of us probably spend two, three, four, five dollars a day on, you know, just throw away things like a cup of coffee or, mm. or whatever. And so imagine if, let's say there's 300 people that regularly attend this masjid, right? So if you got 300 people. And they each were to give $5 a day, right? That's $1,500 a day. Mm -hmm. And then you multiply that out for a year. That's like just around, it's over a half a mil. So it's just under 550 grand a year if everybody were to give that $5, right? And then I said, you know, so you're a small masjid that typically struggles with what? Paying the bills, probably paying property tax or rent or, you know, whatever it is, um, maybe struggling to pay the imam and paying the imam like an actual livable wage uh, with health insurance and la, 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 right? And then maybe some other programming for other services or other things throughout the year. A small community with an annual budget of over... 500 grand a year that's a pretty decent working budget for what people normally give anyway 
Right. Um, and yet, nobody seems to have ever implemented this thing. But I just said, you know, why don't you guys think about that? If you could have 300 people sign up to pledge to give that, you know, as, as a support for the masjid, I think that, you know. But it's it's weird, though, talking about the guy from AppSumo and uh, the pool guy and the lawnmower guy. and uh, Wasn't there a horror movie called Lawnmower Man? <laughs> Probably. You know, uh, I think that's who's knocking on the door. Yeah, like, hey. Why is it now that we want to record something <laughs> that they're hammering something upstairs? Um, you know, but, uh, you know, you talk about those guys. But, you know, a, a lot of times it just comes to a lack of, you know, commitment or imagination that uh, those things, you know. Yep. Yeah, we sometimes think uh, so grandiose. Uh, you have this kind of division in, in yourself and and you always hear, you know, or maybe the little idea too, you'll get division with with people around you. Oh, that'll never work. Well, there's always the naysayers. You know, uh, and you know, naysaying is a it's 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 comfortable. You know, it's very 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 comfortable to naysay, you know, everything to death. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, well, speaking of naysayers, well, here we go. Yeah, that's yeah. the title of this episode. Exactly. Or 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 you know, the middle the, ground guide to naysaying. The the doubters, yeah. the haters. Um, and so with with even in our our Muslim community or throughout communities globally there's this uh, infighting that takes place yeah and usually uh it's it's either money religion or politics yeah uh and it brings in this division and then all of a sudden you know the religious protocols if you will get thrown out the window and we forget ourselves uh this 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 vehement posturing and and stance we have to take for certain things that are in many ways um illegitimate not not even necessary right and so many times I de- i'll default back because uh the wonderful thing that i ever heard was one of the imams was explaining you know, his stance on Ramadan and the moon sighting. <laughs> and uh, moon he party. said, listen, the, what's far is sticking together. Unity is far. Yeah. Unity is, is mandatory. Yeah. Despite of what I, cause there, he was getting criticized. Well, Sheikh, why are you going to start on Ramadan this day when you know that's a calculation and not an observation right, of the right, moon. Right, right. He goes, because I'm not going to bring division to the, to the community, right. Right. little old me, and then go start another masjid somewhere else. So he taught me something there that, you know what, despite of my own understanding and critique and criticism of certain things, let me, let me, let me keep this united part together here because uh, united we stand, divided we fall, right? Um, and so, you know, that, I think that's where we've gotten to, especially in this 
um, year of, of, of election and politics and um, all of the rhetoric going around. You know, we did the last podcast on politics as well, but, um, you know, maybe we can revolve this around the, this idea of infighting. What's more important, right? And I had come across, well, you had brought up this, uh, the, the, the Norwegian farmers and a lot of these farmers, even from, from uh, I think they had a pretty good victory in a France recently where the government gave in to a lot of their demands. Um, but these guys are united. They're like, hey, you know what? We're not going to put up with this crap. We don't want your bug food. We oh, we we don't. Oh. We're not going to be eating like you know. We're going to grow cows, okay? We're not going to eat, you know. You don't want the Klaus combo with fries <laughs> and crickets. Exactly. You know, we 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 want real beef. That's what's on the table tonight. So these farmers are like, hey, we're not with it, man. And they united. And they got a huge following, and they're they're changing the stance of the government, um, as, as opposed to being divided. You know, and there's some lessons to be learned there. When we get together uh, as one block, yes, then you can you can make a change, right? You can make a change, but being divided over, you know, our own government that in in most cases that's what they want, as the slogan says. Um, divide and conquer. You and know. it's not, I, I think we even have to take the slogan of divide and conquer and drill down another level because dividing what, right? It's, it's not just simply dividing you into groups, but actually it's really more like the atomization, meaning that if we can divide you into individuals, so you and I, we're not brothers in Islam. We're individuals mm. that just kind of by coincidence happen to have a set of religious beliefs that overlap. But at the end of the day, you like Whoppers and I like In-N-Out. You know, we're, we're, in, we're atomized on our individual levels. Yeah. And so they want you, and that's why I really feel at the risk of sounding uh, conspiratorial, they push this, uh, this, this, this mythology of every vote counts. Mm. Because along with and concomitant to every vote counts is you being an individual. So, you know, you can vote for Trump and, I will vote for Biden and somebody else will vote for Cornell West. And we can all have this wonderful feeling of accomplishment, a kind of smug uh, self-assurance that somehow uh, democracy has won and proven true and has handed out prizes to all the winners because we all have had our individual selections here. Meanwhile, yes... Unfortunately, uh, the burger with fries has been deep sixed in 69. And unfortunately, all we have left on the menu are crickets. Right. And cockroaches and worms. And, and so that's, I think there's a danger to, and I think there's no, there's no culture 
and no segment of the kind of emerging global civilization that is more susceptible to this than the American that, you know, whose mother's milk is this concept of individual uh, freedom and individuality and everything is individual, individual. Mm. And so, you know, that's why, you know, like from, from, from last episode to this one, last time we had talked about politics, I said, well, let's, you know, let's, let's, you know, go down another level. What does politics even do? What is politics? Truthfully, what is the game of politics? And two, can we realistically expect that if the, you know, it's kind of like when the Lions were playing Dallas, like the Lions beat Dallas, but the refs beat the Lions. (laughs) It's very hard to beat your opposing team if you're in reality, you're playing against the refs. And what I mean by that is we can talk night and day about various candidates, Trump, Biden, Cornell West, Nikki Haley, anybody else. But if they are merely utensils of and and the extension of and the manifestation of a broader system that remains largely opaque. And so we're all busy, you know, I've got on my war paint for the Democrats and you've got on your war paint for the Republicans. Meanwhile, the system is so gamed to keep us distracted with this kind of, you know, who's, you know, where's the ball on what, you know, oh, the game's getting close. It's, you know, third and fourth or whatever. No, this is all nonsense. It's all a major distraction. Um, and so I mean all of this to say, what what is it, what is politics? And then what do we realistically expect that politics can do? And that goes back to the question we posed last time. Like, what do Muslims want out of America? What do we want living here? I mean, Let's be honest, the vast majority of us are probably going to live and die here. The vast majority. Maybe right. a few people will be able to make a so-called hijra or migration to somewhere else. But those will be far more the exception to the rule of which most Muslims that are in the United States and their progeny are going to live and die here. And so we've definitely got to get about the business of asking, well, what? Is it that we want out of life? What constitutes the good life for us as Muslims? And in the pursuit of trying to answer that question and actualize that the, 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 whatever the answer is to that question, what extent to any of all does politics play in accomplishing that? Because sometimes I feel it's like, you know, you've it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. You may have had this experience. You, when I worked in corporate America, and you'd have these, you know, staff meetings, or the 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 the, 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 the haram holiday party, or whatever, right? and now you're sort of forced to interact with your coworkers, not as just simply cogs in a machine, but like, oh, I have to sort of temporarily recognize you as some sort of actual human being. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, did you catch this game or that game? And don't get me wrong. I, I, I enjoy sports, but 
there are some people that like if you're not into sports, something's wrong with you. Mm. You know. And similarly, like there's this expectation that you must be, you know, you've got to be either for Trump or against him. Or now within the Muslim context, you've got to be either, you know, for Biden or against him because of what has happened in Gaza, right? Uh, and I find this line of thinking, which isn't to say that, obviously, I'm very troubled by what they're doing, but to the broader question of what what's going to happen to me and my daughter and, inshallah, maybe her children living here and the thousands of other Muslim kids like her, like, what are we going to do here? And what does politics have to do with that? And who knows? Maybe, just maybe, we don't even really need politics that much. I know that's going to be, this is not the it's haram to vote. (laughs) Right? There's nothing, it's not, you know, it's interesting. You know the word halal. Most people are familiar with the term halal foremost as like a, a word that discusses types of food, particularly meat, that are permissible for consumption. You know, jahiz aw ghayra jahiz, halal aw haram. Like you can do it, you can eat it or you can't. And then, of course, for those who have actually taken a fiqh class, then you know that the concept of, of halal then extends to other things, like is music halal? Is going to the movies halal? Is this halal, that halal? And that's that kind of thinking where we need some type of hujja or adilla, shay'un bishay, like, like from shakl bi shakl, like, like from case to case, we have to have an adilla, the proof that it's permissible, mm-hmm. otherwise it's presumed to be impermissible. Mm-hmm. And so, what's interesting about the word halal, the root of halla, yahallu, it actually means to, it can mean several different things. Beyond being permissible, which is actually from ahalla, right? But beyond whether a thing is permissible, it actually means to, one, to be joyful mm. as a verb. Like, as a verb... It means to be joyful. It can also mean to be, uh, it can also mean to solve a problem. So in Riyadhiyat, like in mathematics, there's all these different uh, uh, articulations from the root that the word halal descends from. Right. So when you solve for a problem, you know, X minus 2 equals whatever, right? The, the thing that you're going to solve for, this is the hulul. It's the solution. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by this is, if we're going to attempt to ascertain what is the good life as Muslims, and does politics play any role in that? And if it does, is it a major role, a minor role? And I guess I might as well, you know, play my, show my hand here. I personally think that it'll play a minor role. It will not play a major role. I'm not saying it won't play any. Like we live here, this is reality. But I don't think it will play as quite as 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 prominent a role that people think. 
and that that which is halal and everything is halal by default and only by extraneous evidence dalil zahir is a thing considered to be not halal potentially disliked or even straight out forbidden and if we understand that then if we want to part of living the the good life is also to be happy and joyful and to life be meaningful then essentially everything around us is permissible unless there is some extraneous proof that it's not and that should make us happy that should solve our problems right the halal and allah is what innal halala bayyin wal haram bayn bayyin wa baynahuma mushabbahat right that that the prophet alayhi salam said that that which is halal is clear and likewise the opposite of it that which is haram is clear in between the two of those is this gray area la ya'rafuha kathir min an-nas a lot of people don't know what it is but my thing is that that which is permissible is clear and again it's only made its opposite state by extraneous evidence it means like this fixation on politics the fixation on trump the fixation on biden the fix and i'm not saying that we shouldn't deal with these people as right. the as the evil people that they are <clears throat> but that ain't going necessarily dealing with trump dealing with biden dealing with kamala harris dealing with whatever candidate is not going to be what makes us happy and it ain't going to it's not going to solve all our problems definitely I agree. Uh and I think one of the the major talking point is that placing or resting our hopes in these people is a grave mistake and people are starting to realize you know what it takes us as a collective whole to make a difference. We can't rest, you know what, I just need to go to work, make my livelihood, and these people will take care of our affairs. Well, that that was kind of the idea I think we were brought up to believe, where the reality is, while your back is turned, there's a lot of deals going on over here that you're not included in. And we come to find out, which is, I think a lot of people knew, but you, you just never could put your finger on it. Um, and so there was a scandal that happened with um, uh, Carrie Lake, and some may not know who Carrie Lake is. I'll just summarize a quick bio of her. She was a former television news anchor. Uh, she's a Republican, and she was running uh, for the governor of Arizona. And so the controversy of the ballot for um, governors and, of course, the presidential election at that time seemed to be robbed or some weird felonious things from state to state transpired. And so Katie Hobbs won as governor of Arizona and Carrie Lake challenged that whole, what she felt was a fraud and how um, the election was, was ran over there. And, and, and what was controversial is that Katie Hobbs was apparently um, had some leadership role over the tally and the ballots. 
and then just close down certain spots. Nobody could even go in. Republicans couldn't go in to count alongside with the Democrats. Yes. So there were some weird shenanigans there, and all of a sudden she became. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. So she challenged that. Anyways. Um, this was, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people heard of this one, but, um, I think the more famous, uh, um, interview that happened was a leaked phone call where Carrie Lake was being bribed not to yes, run. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Megan Kelly, I think she was from, uh, one of the bigger news Fox or something, Fox or something. Right. She she broke off, has her own YouTube channel. I caught it on there because so the whole video or the whole audio um, was basically another official out of Arizona at Carrie Lake's house telling her, hey, listen, um, you shouldn't run this year, like maybe in a couple years, come yeah. back because we have some I mean, we'll probably post the link just so people can hear this because. I, I think this got washed under the rug. Mainstream media did not right, right, broadcast right, this. Right, right. And the one, the official who bribed her immediately, um, you know, stepped down and tried to, you know, get on X and Twitter there and uh, state, you know, well, she was just kind of after me. She's trying to make me look bad. Yeah, like yeah. he had to give some rebuttal, but just him <laughs> relinquishing, resigning yes, from his post yes, yes. says something there because that's definitely his voice. Not a deep fake. No. no, no. <laughs> and uh, he's saying, hey, we got some powerful people on the East Coast. And this is just one money. little peek behind the curtain. Just a little peek. Right? And this we, is how it all is. And that's what I'm saying, that <clears throat> we in, we are so emotionally invested in raging after Trump or raging after Biden. And again, I'm not saying, you know, that these people are uh, not worthy of scorn, but... You know, be careful you don't spend all of your emotional capital on that. And then when it comes time for something else that is far more worthy, oh, well, you know, I don't have any uh, I don't have any funds left in the account. <laughs> and so, you know, or you get so distracted. You know, yeah. it's like people that buy something because there's a sale. Okay. Just because it's on sale doesn't mean, like, do you need it? Do you really want it? Or is it just it's on sale? Right. Right. right? So, uh, so these are those... Moments where, I, you know, for me, yeah, I knew it. Finally, I can c- kind of prove it to certain people that the game is rigged, folks. All right, they're going to put who they want in there when they want. It's just the doors are kind of closing in on those, the hidden hands yes. that are kind of manipulating the scene, which, you know, I, I think it's not uh, far off that people can realize the hidden hand or part of it is big corporations. Yes, obviously. You know, right. yeah, right. and 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 you know, and that really shouldn't be such a. I mean, it, it, I don't know. Yeah, it's fascism. Like, hello, we got government embedded with, and or vice versa, uh, corporations embedded with government and pulling the strings here to benefit you know themselves and all involved. But, um, and maybe the you know. Probably goes a little higher than that globally. However, the bottom line is, is that we need to take control first of ourselves and our emotions and how we look at the world around us and our immediate, you know, yes. surroundings. And like we said, not placing all our hopes in these people who time after time have just failed. 
what you thought they were going to do. No. And they just keep disappointing. You know, I mean, I, I really, you know, and again, I, I, I am sometimes irked by the self-assurance that Muslims have, oh, this candidate, they're definitely going to be, you know, good or they're going to be different or, you know. So, you know, Muslims were so assured of the vileness and the evilness of Trump and how Biden was clearly going to be so much of a better choice and how, you know, they're really having to, you know, either backtrack that or walk that back or even sort of pretend like, huh, I don't know what you're talking about. No, we were never that pro. No, you were, you had orgasms almost when, (laughs) you know, Biden mentioned something when he was campaigning about, you know, alhamdulillah or whatever it was that he said and people (laughs) lost their minds over and had to go make hustle. And, you know, it's like, are you kidding me, man? You know, and now they're prepared to do the same thing with Cornell West. And how many times yeah. are you going to stick your hand in that in that hole and get bit by the scorpion again? Which I just feel like we really need to have a super healthy dose of pragmatism. And 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 bef- and, and really, you know, and even then, that might be putting the cart before the horse. Like, what do we want? Like, what do we want out of America? Do most Muslims want to really have religious freedom to practice Islam in its entirety, meaning that we want to be able to believe what we believe, which would include we feel that homosexuality is an abomination, we feel that usury is an abomination, uh, we feel that uh, pornography is an abomination, We, feel, you know, we want to be able to slaughter our food and eat it in our own way. We want, like, if that's what we want, then uh, unless there are major substantial structural issues uh, that would perhaps uh, prohibit us from actualizing those, I don't see a good case for us being so throwing all of our hopes behind this or that politician. You know, um, I, I, that's, I, I'm just really puzzled. Like, how many more times do we have to get bit by this? Like, Obama was not the great black hope. He was not because he had some Muslim lineage. You know, in fact, he had to kind of prove to himself how unmuslim he was by being the drone striker in chief <laughs> and killing you know Anwar mm. Awlaki's 15-year-old son without due just murdered him mm. um that's the kind of people that we're you know we're, we're always seen to be dealing with and so why should we expect anything different that's what puzzles me like i i are are we learning our lessons here you know are we learning from the prophetic period? I mean, when the Prophet Sallallahu went, when he left Mecca, when he went to Medina, when they drew up the charter in Medina, 
the Muslims were not even a majority. They just had a spot where they could do Islam. And that still wasn't without its contentions, but like they, they finally got to a spot where they could do Islam for the most part on their own terms. It was not, you know, it was not utopian. I think that's something that also Muslims need to purge their mm-hmm. minds of is that the hijra, right? The migration from Mecca to Medina and establishing, you know, Medina to Nabi, right? The city of the Prophet Sallallahu It was not establishing a utopian colony. And I think we have a lot of utopian mindsets about things. But then I said also, you couple that with how we have been socialized to think as individuals. And so, you know, when we go back to asking that question, what do we want from the good life? I don't think it's, I think it will be impossible structurally because that's the way that Allah has arranged the affairs of the believers, is that we will never be able to seriously not only answer that question, but any attempt to actualize it without restructuring how we think of ourselves as individuals. Yes, we have mas'ulat. We have individual responsibilities. Mm. You got to pray. I got to pray. You got to fast. I got to fast. You, you know, depending on your situation, you got to pay zakah. Same for me. So we have our individual responsibilities and obligations to Allah. But we also have communal obligations. And that's why the Quran speaks most emphatically about groups. On and on and on. Every, like the vast majority of the addressing of the believers in the Quran, of the Muslims in the Quran, mm. is in the voice of the plural. Yes. So another issue that 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 was that has arisen recently. Uh, and kind of trending, but again, washed under the rug unless you um, heard about it on, you know, social media platforms. Um, there's maybe people who heard of Veritas uh, and I believe the um, creator of it who was ousted out, uh, James O'Keefe. Uh, he does a lot of this undercover undercover work. His YouTube channel is uh, OMG. Uh, and he has some very interesting um, videos there of undercover work and and getting this kind of inside scoop on politicians. And I think a big one was uh, he got on tape um, from Pfizer some uh, damning information in regards to the vaccine. But nevertheless, <clears throat> he was talking to a White House official who is the top uh, cybersecurity for the White House. Um, and he was able to actually engage with them. So you're like, O'Keefe is like, first of all, like, how do I even, how can I even contact? Like, it was amazing to me. I'm sitting at dinner with this guy. Yeah. The highest cybersecurity <laughs> chief for the White House. And he's right next to me. How do you get that close to these people? It's that easy? It was that easy for me. He goes, you know, basically he met him on a social media platform and was able to uh, arrange a, a dinner with this guy. 
I think he had a pose like he was gay or something because the guy is gay, the security, <laughs> cybersecurity guy. Mm. And he was willing to just go out with some dude that he met online. And, and, so, and then he started spilling the beans. And spilling the beans about how Biden is really not fit. We all believe he's not fit. Uh, you know, he has dementia. He has onset. I mean, he was letting go all this information. So O'Keefe was just trying to bring out the point that can anybody just be bribed or and taken out and then maybe uh, top security information is given to let's say another country another nation just right. on a on a on a flim or what if i was to give him money to get more information maybe so i mean he goes you know this is just so telling of what type of administration and i don't mean i mean in general you name it from from yeah. the 70s whether all the way up whether you're swiping right or left right right or left how easily other departments can be infiltrated I just did it on a, on a social media platform and enticed the guy to go have a date with me. So, so this is where we're at, America. Like, it's the individual. We're going to make the difference, not these people, because at every level, they're entrapped, snared, or want to be there to do to just for their own pocket. You name it. Um, the corruption level is like off the meter here. And that's what I'm saying. They don't want to. They don't want to deal with, with groups that have a block. They don't want to deal with groups that uh, have, have have cohesion and that have commitment and therefore some type of bargaining power. Yeah. They want to deal with individuals because those are the easiest. Again, it's just you know those are the easiest to uh, to break the you know. There's no bonds that that, that hold them to anything. Um, they're also the easiest to manipulate through their whims and their desires mm. and through false promises. You know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that once we get in office and none of that ever happened. You know, <laughs> um, I, I think, wasn't it, wasn't it last time that Biden was running, he was holding out some promise of uh, student loan reform or oh, yeah, just... you know, reparations. I'm still waiting on my 40 acres and a mule, you know, well, you know, um, they come up with these, you know, um, they throw out their fishing line to the public, which we get swooned by it because I'm on that camp and I, you know, I'm in that situation. That sounds good. I would vote for him if, if we could get that done when no one really read the law. Like you couldn't even a president couldn't even do that. He doesn't have it in his power to do certain things. That was in the Treasury. <laughs> that but would have to be do, run by he Congress. Can do it right. If nobody. If everybody's like, well, you know, what's the new season of, you know, this or that? Or there's another thing to binge watch or, you know. Exactly. Um, no, but you're right. It's like, you know, we, we get we get tantalized by certain promises. Oh, we love that's it. the You know, that, that, that's your point there is that these promises are made. Hey, you know, we're going to help out this group or that group or this category or that category. And when it doesn't happen, we all start infighting. I told you so. I don't know what happened. This guy whatever it might be. And the point here is that Muslim, non-Muslim, wherever you are, political stance you are, um, the divisionary as an individual just gets you as an individual and just keep you focused on, you know, these distractions is going to be, it is the detriment 
to all of us and our enslavement would just continue. You know, uh, the best slave is the one who volunteers. Right. And we've all just continued to volunteer. <laughs> yes. You know. And we should understand that because actually, you know, in Islam, there's two types of, there's two types of, uh, uh, how can I put it? In your relationship with Allah Ta'ala, right, in your relationship with God, there are obligations that you have to do, like the wajibat, like the salah, right? You have to pray. But there are some prayers you must do, and there are other prayers that you, there's no sin against you if you don't do them, mm-hmm. right? So we have the fara'id, and then what some people call the nawafil. Now that's a term that came in somewhat later uh, by the mutafaqiheen, like by the jurists that came up. But the word that the Prophet alayhi salam, right, the word that the Prophet used was tatawa'. Right? So those prayers that you do that are not obligatory, they're described as tatawa'. Right? They're described as voluntary acts of obedience. Your relationship with Allah is axiomatic around ta'a. It's mm-hmm. axiomatic around obedience. Mm. It's just whether am I demanded at the moment to fulfill that obedience? But even if I even if I pray, let's say, you know, after Fajr prayer, I pray Salatul Duha. I pray the morning prayer, which is after the early morning prayer. That one I, I'm not obliged to do. But understand, in, in your relationship with Allah, you're always doing things out of obedience. Yeah. Some obedience is optional and some obedience is demanded, but it's all obedience. That's, that's what I mean. Like, you know, just really, you know. And so when it comes to these people making their false promises, you know, um, I, I just feel like we, we, we should know better because we have a religion. We have a way of life. That these things are all embedded in there, and they're if you if you're paying attention while you're doing it, right? You know, I just always found that to be a very you know you have ta'a and tatawa'a, <laughs> you have mandatory acts of obedience, and then you have voluntary acts of obedience. They're all acts of obedience. Mm. You know, understand that. You know, even when you do something. You know, I don't. I don't want to speak in a way that people would misunderstand. But it's like when we give charity, we give it for the sake of Allah. Mm. Like if I feed some poor people or something, right? If I give sadaqah, if I give some charity, I might do that for Allah's sake, meaning that He will, He will, it will be recorded on my behalf, and that if it's truly honest, that He will. Uh, bless me in some way or expiate some sins otherwise I would have to be held accountable for or something, you know, I'll be rewarded in some way. But I don't give Allah Ta'ala sadaqah himself as if he is in need. Right, I don't do that. Mm. Right, I'm still being obedient. Mm. I just, it's an optional obedience but but it's just important. So, you know, hopefully it's being, 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 uh, hopefully I'm, I'm being clear here, but I, I feel like, yes, all these false, pro- like, wh- what, what are we doing with all of this? And again, I think it all proceeds, and we've been, mis- don't ask too many questions, right? <laughs> Just participate in this political process because democracy 
is unquestionably the best and the greatest system of human governance, and only the insane or the barbaric or the morally <laughs> decrepit would ever question its self-evident truths. And so it's defended with a kind of rabies, like a kind of rabid fanaticism and zealotry by both parties, both the Democrats and the Republicans, and even some other parties yeah, will I'll, defend you know, democracy. You know, I told, you know, I was discussing with an older Palestinian man the other day, and we were talking about the situation in, in Gaza, and he said, like, where is democracy? I said, I said, I said, uncle, this democracy is just a story for children. It's like a bedtime story. Yeah. You know, uh, and he said, and he just shook his head. He said, Naam, that, yeah. that, that, that is what it's a fairy tale, man. It's a fairy tale. Well, or, or, see, and we talked about that democracy business. Well, actually, that is democracy, majority rule. The majority said Israel's right and we're all going to join them. So, well, there's democracy. Like, so all, the, all of the majority said, hey, and I told you guys what the majority is. The majority or a minority is what? The people with no money. <laughs> when you ain't got wealth, you're a minority. And the majority are those who have yeah, all the I've wealth. And I've always said, you know, to be honest, like the idea <laughs> so the of, I mean, we have shura, right? We have council and consultation and working together as a community to arrive at what is a good decision. But the Quran, as it relates to the, like just to the masses, the Quran is very, very clear that most people don't know anything. Most people are ignorant. Right. right? So if you're going to go with, you know, most people think, you know, if you ask, if you ask a person today, like, you know, is God in control of everything or does, you know, or, or is Mercury in retrograde? Is Venus over here and Canis Minor is over there and the moon is here <laughs> and the stars. You know, I mean, I, trust me, man. I, yep. You know, I got family members that, that think like, if you tell them, no, that Allah is in control of everything or that nafsak, that you did, you wronged yourself and when you did something and you're facing the, con- oh, no, 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 that's not it. There's a celestial cycle, <laughs> and Mer- Mercury is over here in relation to Jupiter, and you know the moon is rising. You so. know, um, you know. No, it's true. No, there's a there's a, well, you know, and here's the other thing that people, as you mentioned, don't have knowledge about. And okay, so first, what is what we studied this, and we pointed that out. Investigate when the Kafir makes promises or says something investigated first so these cats are making you promises and none of us are investigating it if we did just a little bit of investigation and i'm just going to pick on biden real quick here we can find the exponential habit or pattern of lies that biden has done throughout plagiarism 
copied other people's speeches. And on oh, and even, we even you know, playing make believe, right? I mean, he started talking about this French. Was it like some French politician he was talking about the other day? And he's like, "Yeah, I, I was in France." Yeah. And the and the and the French guy said to me, "Man, that dude has been dead for like 20, 30 years." I was like, so, "Is he having a what do the French say a séance?" Uh, <laughs> this is like Poltergeist Part Nine. Or yeah. something? What is this, man? So I and you know and it's 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 across the board. No nobody. I mean, pretty much. All I can say is every you know getting into that arena of politics, you just got to lie, and and you know it's just whatever. But we should be investigating, or just not even bother. Vote vote with your dollar. That's what I've always said. Vote with your dollar. You want ban? You want something banned? Then you know what? I'm done with your products. I ain't buying your products if they come from such and such place or whatever. Um, the other thing is, you know, we think the vote matters and we get these slogans and these commercials, get out and vote. You got to vote when the time. Yeah, people what, wear the little sticker. I voted. I voted. I want to get a sticker that with a little picture of Miles Davis that says, so what? So, <laughs> because people don't realize, and I don't know all of the, the nuances of, of in the legal laws of voting and politics. But isn't there an electoral vote that actually could just squash everything? So you, the electoral vote is the real vote. So there's an electoral representative of every state, and actually they are the last to make the decision and say, you know what, so-and-so won. I, I think that, that may very well be true. I, you know, what, what I've always found also, if we're going to participate in so-called politics, you know, again, to what end, I've always said, you know what we need? Because, you know, I was listening to, I don't know, man, there's so many podcasts today, but it was really interesting. Uh, uh, I forget what the name of this particular, uh, maybe I can look it up. I have, yeah, what's this guy? No, no, Novara Media. Okay. They're really interesting. So he was inter- interviewing this guy, John Gray. Now, it's like a podcast that's done, I think they're from Britain over in England in the UK somewhere. So he was, you know, ma- mainly they, they, they talk about a lot of things as it pertains to, you know, the UK and to Europe. But then a lot of them also reverberate with, right, right. Uh, you know, things here, in, in, here. In, in America. And so he was saying like, yeah, you know, obviously lobbying is a problem. But he said, you know, to be honest, like our issue with lobbying in the UK is nowhere near the issue that it is yeah. in in America. So obviously, we have corporate influence in Europe and in the UK, but to a far lesser extent, where in America, this is why, again, uh, I voted, uh, every vote matters, is a complete myth when we have, not just simply to say lobbying, right? And so he, he went into a great amount of detail how, when we say lobbying, this means like, okay, you know, um, let's say we want to pass a law dealing with, I don't know, uh, halal meat or unpasteurized, whatever it is, right? Whatever, whatever the thing you want to pass, right? So the law will, they might write a law that will either benefit a particular corporation or even business in general. And so the person that is working in the government, they will write a law that will benefit the corporation or corporations. But then 
after the law gets passed, they will exit from their government position and go and take <laughs> a you know nice, cushy, high-paying job within said corporation of which that bill passed that privileged them in some way. And it's what they call like this revolving door. It goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right? And so this, you can imagine, exists for all manner of laws. That's, I mean, APAC is perhaps, right? you know, uh, a very... Uh, that is the government. Right, a very obtuse <laughs> example of that. But it goes beyond <laughs> into everything. So to my point is, Muslims want to get involved in politics. Why are Muslims not starting a grassroots political movement just say we need to abolish uh, long-term, uh, like people that go into the Senate, and they're there, like, like Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is starting to look like she's in a wax museum. She's been there so long. Abolish these, super, you know, these lifetime terms where people get in there that it's very clear that she has tremendously financially benefited. And if she has been able to grow her portfolio by millions, then imagine what the corporations have benefited and probably grown by billions. So one, why are we not passing laws and electing people that will introduce legislation that limit, you know, that's it. You got one term, one and done. And if you don't, we're not going to vote for you, right? Starting this as a grassroots movement. Two, to outlaw lobbying. Straight up, like just outlaw Lobbying, because as long as we have corporate lobbying to where they are, you know, because these corporations exist as quasi-human entities, like before the law, they almost have like almost like human rights, and yet also they're still they're still a corporation. So you you can't put a corporation in jail, right? You can't sentence a corporation to death. and so if Muslims were to get into and do politics, as I said, I think we need a, a, a reboot on our imagination of, well, what is that? Versus I'm going to vote for Cornell West. Okay, you can vote for Cornell West all you want. He's not going to become the president of the United States. Allahu Akbar. He's just not going to. And then even if Cornell West did get voted, how is he in any way going to stand up against this massive construct of corporate lobbying and wealth and the revolving door of government officials writing bills that favor corporations and then exiting the government and then going working for said corporations and benefiting tremendously and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth? If anything, I think this would be more worthy of Muslims in terms of their political aspirations and time than, you know, the kind of rugby scrimmage of, well, you know, this, you know, this four years, we're going to get behind Biden and the next four years, we're going to get behind Trump and the next four years, we're going to get behind Cornell West and on and on and on and on and on. Meanwhile, there's this gigantic Leviathan of corporate glut mm. and interest that funds the bills that funds the uh, the people that will write the bills. Until then, there can be no conversation about uh, every vote counts. Right. No, the 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 this is the hidden part of the hidden hand 
Um, but it really ain't that hidden, man. And it, I think and it's it, pretty... And it, it, and it isn't, except that it's just not announced enough, you know... You don't know who's lobbying. You I mean you could look it up. It's public information, but who- I can't. I can't think that most people today don't really know that this is a fact. I think I don't know. It's kind of like You'd bullshit amazed, football. Man. Let's just keep running the ball up the middle, and you know, you you, you would be amazed. Like, like would we amazed. wouldn't. We know there's football plays, but we don't know which one is on the quarterback's arm there as he's looking at his, you know. <laughs> yeah, but if you keep just running the ball up the middle, I mean, like, you know, sure, that's a good play to pull out once in a while, but obviously if if you just run the ball up the middle every single play, I mean, the defense doesn't even have to think that hard about, wow, well, what should we do now? Well, isn't that the Pavlonian brainwashing we've been <laughs> we've been through? I guess no, it, we're with democracy. No, it's a corporate it's corporations <laughs> I told you guys. So, no, they keep running the ball up the middle. We keep falling for it. Yeah. No, this time, they're going to go on the outside. I guarantee you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what did they do? <laughs> Got a, us again. We need a flea flicker, man. Flea and, flicker. and so, you know, the, the but here's the thing. Uh, we got the next generation, millennials or whatever. whatever. Gen Z. Gen Z, wherever we're at now. Gen Alpha. So, they're going to get, they're going to follow into the duped. <laughs> brainwashing trickery because they've been hearing it since you know vote high school you know yeah, you yeah. be part of the democratic process we live in a democracy and all of this stuff so the brainwashing continues as well as the cynicism yeah well yeah you know and so in even for muslims to even think about getting into the political realm and starting their own party or whatever and running you know there's a lot to hash out so well you know, you got to go serve the all the color coded, you know, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, acronyms there, yeah, uh, letters. So, so, man, and honestly, they're really a small minority of they, their vote. Really, wouldn't harm. And, and, Probably wouldn't and, move the needle much either way, right? Right, right. And th- and that that only goes back again to to you know now I guess going for the pump fake the head fake right is that. <laughs> Also, I think it's important to remember when it comes to certain political issues that touch upon moral uh, uh, moral issues like in Islam, we must remember that just because, you know, okay, whatever, you want to pass a law that says a man can marry another man, as reprehensible as that is, that, that in no way has anything to do with the immutable truths of Islam. Okay, right. they're going to pass a law that a man can marry a man. You will have to answer for that one day. Perhaps we can do something about that. Uh, perhaps we can't. In the if, in the case that we can do something about it, you know, alhamdulillah, but we don't we don't live for that only. And in the case that whatever Allah has 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 constrained us to not be able to do anything against us, well, then we're left with uh, just letting people, you know letting people know that it's still despicable. Mm. You know, I think one of the most often misunderstood statements of the Prophet ﷺ is the one in which he said what the the three forms of faith, right? There's three levels of iman. Mm. There is to change it with your hand, to say something, and to hate it in your heart. And a lot of people confuse the last, right? To hate it in your heart is if that is silence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
Maybe imagine, because you're, you know, you're a married man. I'm a married man. Imagine you do something that your wife don't like. Right. And she really hates it. And you walk in the house. You can tell something ain't right and needs to change without her even saying anything. And, and the reverse is true. You know, let your, let, let's say you went out and bought yourself like, man, I loved it. You know, got yourself a nice new shirt. Mm. And your wife, you know, well-intended, throws that joker in the wash, puts it in the dryer on high, and now it's a hand puppet. <laughs> and then you go to get your shirt and it, it's, you know, three sizes too small. You don't even have to say nothing. Your wife will know, well, I messed that one up. Right. So, I, again, you know, I think that even in in, 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 in situations in which we, uh, even perhaps even voicing our dissent may be difficult, I think there's a way to let people still know and convey the truth. And that is not the same as silence. Right. Right. Because the heart... The heart is, you know, the heart is the heart is one of the most powerful instruments that can change the world. Right, right, and so even though it is adaf minha, it's like the the weakest of them. It doesn't mean that uh, it's laysa uh, It doesn't mean it doesn't have any utility. Yep. Right. Yep. Definitely. So I mean, these are things to uh, really consider and. As we mentioned before, what do we what do we want out of politics? Um, and also, what do we want out of life? What do we want out of America? Our lives here as Americans, and therefore, we have to even posit: is is politics even capable of delivering? We know that politicians are incapable of delivering on all of the pack of lies that they constantly spew. Right? We already know that, but I'm just saying. Be that right, just in and of itself, can politics can it deliver? Can it even give us what we want mm. as a theoretical? I think we it's an assumption. Oh, yeah, we can achieve anything through politics. Really? I see communities in America that have very minimal political uh, engagement. And seem to be living pretty decent lives. Yeah. Right. And so, so I mean, even, even, yeah, what do we want out of America? Can politics deliver on it? Yes or no? And to what extent then does it require us to like wade in the muck? And maybe there's other ways of achieving the good life that we haven't even tapped into yet. Right. You know, um, Definitely. You know, I I think there's so many opportunities for us in terms of business, um, other areas that we can make our lives much better as Muslims and even for non-Muslims, you know, uh, that have very little, perhaps sometimes even nothing at all to do with politics. Yep. No, so um, all you folks out there that might be listening, leave your comments, give some suggestions. I mean, because uh, the 
the individual does have power and you guys have a lot of ideas and knowledge and perspective that, you know, two guys can't just <laughs> uh, amass by ourselves. Um, so, you know, the, these are some serious questions in, in serious times right now um, that, you know, solutions to these major problems that we're starting to we're we're at the threshold, if not already in the room, from finance to the direction of where we're living, this country is going politically, economically, um, socially. Uh, it, it, it's melting down. I mean, it just reminds me of um, you 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 read books or listen to historians on how you know empires of the past, in particular the Roman Empire just crashed, right? First the economy, the social structure, and then the politicians just, you know, grabbed the loot and ran, right? Um, but clearly all those people of the Roman Empire didn't just disappear with the dissolution right. of the Roman Empire. Matter of fact, many of those people uh, eventually became Muslim, right? I mean, they became Christian, and then they became Muslim, and so you have people today that are the literal living descendants of people that, that's what I mean. Like, mm. you know, we all, we all, as Muslims, we believe that there will be one final day, one final hour. Right. right? There's no doubt about it. But until that final day, there are opportunities to live and do good, and the proof is in the pudding. We are all descendants, every single person listening to this right now, me, you, we are all descendants of people who have been on this planet for a very long time, and they have lived through every type of tumultuous events you can think of, economic uh, fallout, Mm. wars, uh, genocides, plagues, earthquakes, earthquakes. Asteroid, like just every type of disaster you can think of, our ancestors lived through, right, and were able to obviously prosper to some degree. That we're all sitting here right now having this conversation, right. So until the right. very last day comes, and even the prophet Alehi Sallam, if you find yourself on the last day and the world is ending and you see it ending, but there's a a small sapling, Faliyagrisha. Plant it, right? Plant a tree in a world that is dying, yeah. that is literally dying. And we know, like, you know, like when you read the Quran about what it says about what the very last day will be, yeah. right? That the heavens will be rent asunder, the sun will spin out of existence, that, I mean, the... It's going to make a Michael Bay disaster film look like a silent film. Definitely. Right? And yet, that's mm. happening. And there's this tree. I should plant that tree in a world that I will never be in. The world is going to end. That tree will never prosper, grow. But it's the gesture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We don't give up hope. And that's what it's, I mean. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think you know, having a sense of indomitable... Reckless optimism. I don't care who's in office. Oh yeah. I don't care. And, and and again, Muslims have lived and prospered under every form of governance for the last fourteen hundred years. Tyrants, kings, 
uh, republics, you name it. And we're still here. Oh, yeah. You know, so there's a lot of opportunity. That's what I meant about to maybe to bring it back to what I said in the beginning. Halal. Halal is more than just meat that has been slaughtered in a certain type of mm. religious way. The very meaning of halal is what? Joy, happiness as a state, but also to solve problems, mm-hmm. to figure out puzzles. And as we know, everything is halal by default unless there is an extraneous uh, proof against it. Like, okay, the Quran says, حُرِّمَتْ عَلَيْكُمْ الدَّمْ Right? Drinking blood or eating the eating pork or drinking mm. drinking wine or gambling. Okay, these are extraneous examples of the haramat, of those things that are forbidden. Everything else should contribute to your happiness. Mm. Everything else should solve a problem. That's what I mean about engaging, like Muslims need to re-engage with their Islam on, on, on a completely different way. Right. If, you, if you're really engaged with your Islam, Okay, outside of gambling, outside of usury, outside of pork, outside of drinking alcohol, outside of those things that we know that are impermissible, everything else should either be making you happy or should be fixing a problem or both. And if you're grateful, I'll increase you. 100%. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Well, let's go. Let's go increase the coffee. Let's do it. Because <laughs> that will definitely fix a problem, which is me being able to work for the rest of the day, quick, and it will fast. make me very happy. Quick, fast, and like in a hurry. The coffee. All right. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. You've been listening to the Middle Ground Podcast with your host, Ibn Mark Manley here, along with Dawood Aleman. Hope you enjoyed episode twelve. If you have a chance, leave us a review on iTunes or on Spotify. Let us know if there's any other topics you would like us to discuss in the future. We look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Assalamu alaikum.